Carter and you're listening to Grow on the Go. Today we have um, over Zoom a friend of mine, Andrew Jans, to talk to us um, about a book he's read that has profoundly influenced his life. Hi Andrew, how are you? I'm doing just great. Thanks Donna, great to be on with you today. You've had a pretty intense spring so far. I mean, never mind COVID, you've had a, a giant move and super busy with work and yeah, so just tell us a little bit about what you've been what you've been doing and what you also what you do for a living. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I know it's been a busy time. We're currently in uh, empty nest mode. The uh, last two kids graduated, and and so they actually moved out the same day that we took possession of a new home. So it was it was rather crazy, and and we we just gave them a third of our house. We thought, hey we're downsizing, you're moving out, take a third of the furniture, here you go. And so it was kind of fun, so. Oh, wow, what a great way to start. I happen to know your wife, Melissa, has fantastic taste. So uh, those kids are well set up. They are, they've got some nice furniture in their place. It's looking nope. good. So I have to say some of it might be on loan. It might be, kind of, take care of this for a while and, and uh, we'll see where it ends up. But uh, I, I don't it's, know. it's With been that. great. And, with yeah. a bunch of boys, I think I'd be afraid that when you get it back, you wouldn't want it anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, we're, and we're fortunate. They're very, very organized, clean fellows. So that's, oh, uh, that's wow. Cool. How did you do that? My I, daughters are, are, well, I won't, I won't say anymore. I won't <laughs> defame them. Yeah. Um, they probably learned it from me anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So you have read this, this book called, yeah. um, the way of life. Mm-hmm. I like I like talking about books in the spring um, because I, mm. I feel like people have a little bit more time to read over the summer. And maybe, you know, if we pique their interest, they'll maybe not just choose a escape type book, but something that'll help them grow. So um, let's talk about the way of life. What led you to pick up this book? Well, great, great question. Um, I mean, I think anything um that you know really has that element of what did jesus do is always attractive to me um you know i think um you know jesus came to show us the father he came to show us the true um way of life how to do this and um how to impact the world around us and and um, Bill Johnson calls it the upside down kingdom. You know, I mean, people uh, expected the Messiah to come in a certain way and he came completely different. And there's this whole upside down way that we get to think, um, you know, and, and, and so I, I anytime I, I can come across a book that, um, you know, really highlights the Jesus way is just so good, you know, so attractive to you. Yeah. So attractive. Okay. So you mentioned the kingdom of heaven. Um, Can you unpack what that means to us? I think that's a really mysterious term for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the gospel of the kingdom, this was a real eye opener, you know, growing up, um, you know, I think a lot of uh, those in kind of my age bracket, I'm 50 now, but you know, uh, you know, in, in our era, there certainly was a lot of, um, 
you know, religiosity around uh, being saved, you know, that it was, it was, um, you know, very guilt driven. I remember praying over and over, you know, as a young lad, the Lord, please forgive me, please forgive me. And, you know, and, and uh, I, I must have invited him into my heart, you know, hundreds of times. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Right. Because there's always this, it's this whole thing of, you know, lack of a better term, fire insurance, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and, and of course we, we all want to be saved from our sins. We know there's a sin problem and, and hallelujah, Jesus came to solve that. And once and for all, and all we had to do is say yes, but there, there still was this fear and this, you know, that's why I'm a Christian to, you know, escape, uh, the fires and, and yeah. make it to heaven. I better, but pray also, the sinner, I better pray the sinner's prayer one more time in case it didn't take the last 400 times. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or exactly. Or I said it wrong or who knows what. And yeah, it's so yeah. true. And, and I think here's the thing in a lot of ways, um, what happens is you end up spending your life with this sort of exit strategy that this world is going to hell in a handbasket that, you know, even our eschatology, which is the study of the end times and our view of that was so much about everything's going to burn. This world's going to go to heck and he's going to lift us out. No, of actually here. hell. <laughs> hell. Yeah, exactly. I, I thank you. I wasn't sure if I could say that, but in the context, I well, we're not sure. using it as a swear word. We're using it. This I mean, that's reality. It's literally hell. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and you know what? I just, I've come to realize not just through this book, but in, in a lot of ways, that's not who God is. He restores things. Mm. And he loves this earth. He made it. And we maybe don't fully understand what he means by, I, you know, when John in Revelation said, I see a new heaven, a new earth. Remember that even us as people, when we become new creatures, new, new, you know, new life, uh, because we accept Jesus, that doesn't mean like we suddenly get destroyed. There's this element of restoring and how he wants to bring back. And so I think we it become, the, we become the people he created us to be in the first place, right? Before totally. we were marred by sin. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And that's what he wants to do with the world around us. And, and so it's not this thing of an exit strategy. Uh, I'm saved. And now let me just hunker down and he's going to come and get us one day. No, in fact, the gospel of the kingdom and that actually, when you look through the gospels and you look at the original language, when Jesus preached, he didn't use necessarily the gospel of salvation or, or the gospel of many other things. He actually talked about it as the gospel of the kingdom. And what was that? It was all about um, how do you influence society? How do you do things today? And it was about the here and now. You know, it wasn't about I've come to tell you something so you can finally just exit this place. It was Here's how to live today. Here's how to bring the, the heaven's kingdom down to earth. And when we pray, you know, the Lord's prayer, I mean, um, uh, manifest your kingdom realm. That's the passion translation. I love how it said manifest mm. your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled in heaven as it's as, as just as fulfilled in earth. And this element of saying, we want to bring heaven to earth and that's the gospel of the kingdom. And I, and I love it. It just changes everything. It means everything matters. Everything matters. It's so good. And that means business. That means, you know, um, 
a family that means a uh, uh, church that the means environment that means environment mm-hmm. everything matters and, yeah, he, and I by think, the way I he's think, got a solution for everything yeah I, I think you and i were raised um in an era where you know we really separated what was spiritual from everything yeah. else and really yeah. you're saying everything is spiritual Yes, yes, it is. It is. It's funny. So as you say that, so this whole idea of influencing society and bringing the gospel of the kingdom into every sphere of influence, I think of one of the one of the big verses that's affected me a lot is in Matthew 16. And it's actually where where Jesus asks his disciples, uh, what are people saying about who I am? What, what are they talking about? And they say, well, you know, some say you're a prophet, you're this, you're that, and the next thing. And, and he says, okay, who do you say I am? And it's this moment where, you know, John actually leads out, or sorry, not John Peter, Simon Peter says, you are the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the, you're the son of the living God. And, and then Jesus says, wow, you didn't get that from teachers or from books, my father in heaven revealed it to you. So there's this revelation, this interaction between heaven and earth that God revealed it to you. And it's in that same context that he says, now I'm going to tell you who you are. You're Peter. You're a rock. I'm going to build my church on you. And here's the word he used for church. Ecclesia is a Greek word. And that Greek word, I know you know this, Donna, but ecclesia is actually in that day was a, uh, a no, would be a secular word for oh. gathering for like public gatherings together. It was not a synagogue. It was not a religious term. And so the church as an ecclesia was not meant to be this religious term. We're all in a building. It's actually out there. It's in every sphere of influence. And what did he say? You you will have the keys to open every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth. And the gates of hell will not keep you out. And I love that because it's not the gates of hell will will not be able to prevail. It's actually we're going into the dark places. They won't keep you out. Exactly. And so that is about that, Don. It's not it's not the church, although interestingly, the church is one area, the area of worship and the area of teaching. That is one of the areas. But there's government, there's there's uh, a family and there's education and there's arts and entertainment. And these are all areas where um, the gospel of the kingdom is meant to shine and, and be salt and light. Right. So, yeah. Well, one of the things that I'm passionate about doing, in fact, I'm going away in a week or so to um, work on a book proposal so that I can write something um, with and and marry my art with Mm truth in a way that I can, I can invade as, as, you know, to use sort of your idea to invade Mm -hmm. the art, art community. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about how you see um, how this book has helped you kind of invade your business world Mm. with the kingdom? Oh, I love that. That's, that's really cool. Um, I just got goosebumps. That's always a good thing. When I get goosebumps, it just means like something's, something's, uh, uh, it's like a tuning fork, you know what I mean? So, right. um, but yeah, you know, um, it's something I said at the beginning, you know, that, that the kingdom of, uh, or the gospel of the kingdom is relevant for every 
uh, place we work and he, and God is interested in absolutely everything, everything we do. The accountant who's doing the things that, that he or she is doing in a business and making the numbers work. I mean, he cares about all these intricacies. For me, I'm in sales. I've been in sales and marketing uh, most of my life. And so I, 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 in, in a B2B capacity, business to business, selling a, a, a technology solutions, cloud solutions. And for me, it's been amazing, not just to see work, certainly as, you know, a, a mission field, as it were, in the sense of, you know, that was one step for me to go, hey, I don't, I don't need to be in the church uh, to be um, in a place of missions and letting my light shine. But beyond that, it's like he's interested in this and I can come to him with every business proposal, every conversation. I mean, now it's just this, this, I mean, you know, when I have an appointment with a customer and I've got to do a presentation, I prepare, of course, but like, I'm just saying, oh Lord, would you be in this meeting and help me with it? Help me with the details. Help me with uh, really understanding the customer. Help me. I mean, it's amazing to talk with God in that level and go, he's, and here's the other thing. Here's, I, I, I love this. Praying for kingdom ideas, like his thoughts, his ideas, they're groundbreaking. And I think as Christians, we should have the best brainstorms, the best ideas, the best uh, developments, and all of these things out of anyone, because we have access to the king. And, you know, you think of Proverbs, uh, he loves to hide Easter eggs all over, you know, is the glory of God to conceal a matter, is glory of kings to search out a matter. In other words, we can seek God for incredible knowledge and, and, and beauty and, and ideas. And so I love it. I think, um, you know, when I'm walking or when I'm praying or when I'm uh, just together with him and, and enjoying his presence, that's when I get the best ideas for work, for some presentation, whatever it is. So I think uh, to me, that's been one of the best things is how much he's involved in each one of the things we do uh, for our work. So. And so just to summarize, um, you're saying the kingdom is everything. It's everywhere we allow Jesus to have access, to have mm -hmm. reign and rule in our lives, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's wow. pretty much it. <laughs> okay. So um, talk a little bit more about how how this book has really contributed to your spiritual growth. I mean, you mm. have talked about how you've, you know, you now see um, the presence of God in every aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. Is there anything mm -hmm. else you want to say about that? Oh yeah. I mean the, the presence um, I, I think probably one of the biggest things that's happened for me in the last while is just uh, spending a lot of time and focusing on his presence. And I think um, it, it really comes down to, you know, experience, versus an intellectual understanding. And, um, you, you, you know, you, you can draw all kinds of analogies and, and parallels to the world around us, but unless we truly experience something, um, you know, it's, it's just letters on a page. And so it's a living, breathing relationship with the father. I think it's, that's been my biggest, uh, joy over the past six months is what actually Bill would call hosting his presence, just to be 
um, so aware of him and um, walking closely. You know, here's the thing. When you think about the gospel of the kingdom and what we learned from Jesus, I think it's amazing that he said he can do nothing without his father. Mm. He can do nothing without his father. And, and that's he, true of him. How much more of us? Yeah, right. That's exactly it. I mean, um, and he only did what he saw his father doing. Mm-hmm. How would our lives look if we only did what we saw our father doing? That's we've, I've got a ways to go. Well, and to get to, to that place, we have to have an intimate relationship with him. And we that do. takes yeah. time. That's something we need to yeah. cultivate. Um, mm-hmm. Talk about Psalm 91 and the idea of mm-hmm. dwelling. Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, that's one of those verses we, we all love to, and I have too. you know, you pull out Psalm 91 in times of, of struggle and times of illness to really prayer that pray that prayer of protection over us. And if you really look at it and how it starts, those who dwell in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty. What a promise. It's amazing. Beautiful. And it's so true. He doesn't say the writer doesn't say those who visit those who occasionally drop in those who dwell. Now that's a different word. Those who completely dwell in every moment in every place in his, in his shelter. And that, and that, that sort of it. reminds me of John 15, the same principle Jesus taught yeah. his disciples, right? Mm-hmm. That we abide mm-hmm. in the vine. Abiding. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And staying there. Um, and, and you said it earlier, Donna, like if, if Jesus did it, how much more so us. And I think, I think, um, and, and I think if I can, maybe this might sound a bit, uh, I don't mean this to sound too challenging, but I, I worry a little bit, you know, when we talk about that, cultivating that time with the father and we have busy lives. I know that my life is really busy too. And, and I think that I've heard that concept. Well, I'm praying to him all day. You know what I mean? When I'm Mm -hmm. driving and all these Mm -hmm. kinds of things. And that's true, but it actually does not negate the need to have actually outside of just abiding all day to actually have quiet time. And I, yeah. I believe that we can all find time. Um, and, and it's been life-changing for me. Well, let's just talk that. about that, that finding time. I mean, there's the whole yeah. getting up a few minutes earlier. Yeah. Um, we had a girl in our youth group a long time ago who actually would set her alarm for four in the morning hmm. when there was absolutely nothing else to do. This was before social media. I suppose <laughs> now you could go on social media at four in the morning yeah. and she didn't stay up. She had her quiet time and then she went back to sleep. And for her, that was easier than getting up and staying up early in the morning. Mm-hmm. My dad was an oil executive and mm-hmm. he used, that's what he used his, his noon hour for. He felt cool. that that was uh, his, the best time of his day. He wanted mm-hmm. to give God the time he was most alert. Um, mm-hmm. And so he would just close his office door and turn his check, chair around and, and have his time with God then. So um, cool. For some people, it's, you know, probably going to be evening. It doesn't have to be first time Mm -hmm. at the first thing in the morning if that's just not doable for you. But let's be intentional 
It's so worth mm-hmm. it. Is it worth it, Andrew? I don't know. You don't uh, sound it, very enthusiastic at all. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is so worth it. Oh, my goodness. You know, there's so many things that we, there are things we do and need to, to get downtime, to, um, you know, encourage us, to, uh, you know, prepare us for things at work, all these different things. But I can say that that hour with the Father, uh, there is no greater preparation. There is no greater uh, source to, to give you what you need through your day. Mm -hmm. And so if you're, if, if we're wanting to have what we need, that's where we go. And, and Jesus did it. I mean, he, he pulled away from the masses. You know what I love too, is it's okay. You know, you think about distractions, Jesus had distractions. He would pull away and they would still find him. Yeah. And that's okay. We can have distractions, but yeah, let's be intentional and pull away. One of the things I think that is so fascinating about the specific times that the gospels teach us that Jesus went away to a solitary place, Mm -hmm. they, they were almost always before something really big happened. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like right before Jesus chose from all his followers, he chose the 12 apostles. He Mm -hmm. just spent the whole night alone with his father. Yeah, that's got to wonder what, you know, I'm sure Mm -hmm. he was talking with God about, okay, Lord Andrew, is he one of the ones, you know, what about, what about Peter? You know, Mm. I don't know. He's pretty impulsive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Right before Jesus walked on the water, he'd been alone Mm. with his father. Um, That happened again and again. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Done. I hadn't thought about that before. And I just read the other day as well, thinking about Acts and Pentecost and the Holy Spirit coming in fire. And what preceded that was 10 days of just prayer and fasting and and spending that time. So that's interesting. Um, Mm. And I think that's, that sounds, that's a real um, principle, I would say. That's cool. You've got some fantastic quotes that you've um, you've you've plucked out um, that mm-hmm. I just I'd like to just uh, talk about a little bit here. Sure. Um, one of them is freedom will only be experienced in the measure to which we see God as being good. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Talk about that a little bit. What does that mean to you? Oh, I could. It just it brings up so much emotion, you know. And I think God is good. And let us never, I think, um, let those words be watered down because it, it can be said so easily, right? And in some ways, flippantly, oh yeah, God is good. I think as we face trials of all kinds, and we all do, whether it's um, you know a, a, a loved one that has left us or all the things that can go on, broken marriages and things, I never, and Bill would say this, and I would, I'd never let um, our confidence and belief that the Lord is good be undermined due to our circumstances. Mm. And so that, that's, in other words, that's our North Star. We may not always be able to explain it, and we have questions, um, but that doesn't change his nature. And if we start with that, if we start with God is good always, then we can reverse engineer what we're facing and say, okay, let's look at this through that lens and understand what's happening. And so I think, I think that's the freedom uh, that, that, that we have with that knowledge. And I, I, if there's one thing to remember, that's it. Um, Everything we're facing today, let's just start with he is, he, Mm -hmm. he actually can't help, but be anything 
but, but good. good. Yes. And just the way it is. I, I so. love that. And, and I want our listeners to know, not, not details, but you know what you're talking about. You've had a great deal of pain in your life mm-hmm. and, and there's still a lot of pain. And yeah. I, I, I just think it's really powerful for people to know um, that you hang on to that belief in the middle of the pain, not just when it's been an all made better. Right. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Donna. And, and you don't mind sharing. Yeah. I mean, I had, it's been 10 years now, uh, had a broken marriage and, and went through a divorce and, and terribly painful. And I think the lasting piece around for me, I can, I'm, 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 um, you know, I'm happy to share, you know, I don't, I don't mind holding it back, but just, uh, with my children and it's, uh, there's been parental alienation there. I haven't seen or talked to my kids in many years now. Oh. And that, that's a tough, tough journey. They're grown now. And my oldest is, um, you know, be 27 this year. And it's hard to fathom that, that, that separation is there. And so it gives you a, a, a heart of God. It gives you a sense for how he waits for us oh. and pursues us. And, and so, you know, yeah. So in the midst of, yeah, in the midst of much pain and brokenness, uh, he's, he's just good. Mm-hmm. He's good. And, I, and I, I get that just to a small degree, Andrew, because there was a period of time when Kevin um, was a teenager and she was very depressed and suicidal mm-hmm. and really wanted mm-hmm. nothing to do with me. And yeah. I actually had to put away all the pictures I had of her as that joyful mm-hmm. little girl, because it, it just was so painful. And mm-hmm. um, to think that this child that I have brought into the world and loved with my whole heart doesn't want anything to do with me. I, I understood in a tiny way for the first time what the Father's heart, our Heavenly Father's heart, suffers for us. Oh, wow. That That's, yeah, I feel I feel that, Donna. That, yeah. um, makes me think of, I don't know if you've ever, total, total side note, but uh, the book by, I think it's Francine Rivers, Redeeming, Redeeming oh, Love. Oh, Redeeming Love. Isn't that an awesome yeah. book? It's, it's a, incredible. Okay, let's yeah. get every listener to put that on your list for the summer, too. It's <laughs> fiction. Sure. It's a novel, but yeah. it teaches us the heart of God like, like I don't know, nothing else. Yes. It, it does. It's, it's, really a, it's a somewhat modern day story uh, of Hosea, right? Yes. Of, of, uh, what God asked Hosea to do. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. The patient yeah. husband, as opposed to the, the patient, patient father husband. and God is both. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we have very little time left. Is there just one more nugget you want to pluck out and share with us? One more nugget. Well, you know, I, and I would say I would probably come back to the upside down kingdom. And I think, it really, here's the thing. It's, you know, the question of where is God in all these things? Where is he? And, and, and um, that, that pain of loss and the things that we face and where we face problems every day. And instead of asking ourselves, where is he? Why doesn't he show up? The deal is it's the upside down kingdom. What we, um, actually put forth. And that's why we say when we proclaim God is good, we're bringing that into a situation. You know, Bill would say in the book, the world rejoices when they have joy, but we rejoice out of joy. Like we 
we rejoice regardless of the situation because he, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And mm-hmm. so it's this upside down way. Um, and, and I think even when he thinks that when you talk about peace, peace is not the absence of conflict. It's actually peace in the storm. And when Jesus uh, had, he was sleeping in the boat. He right. had the greatest peace you could have. And guess what happened? His peace affected the world around him and the storm stopped. And we can have that influence on the people in our world. Same thing. Oh, Andrew, there's so much more. I'd love to (laughs) chat longer, but we're out of time. Thank you so much for joining us on Grow on the Go. I'm Donna Carter. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.